Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're talking about a Bible on the moon. That's correct, a Bible on the moon. Now, I think that this topic is important because it shows us just how secretive NASA can be even when it comes to things that might seem mundane to you or I. Now, this article comes to us from PRNewsWire.com, titled, A Bible on the Moon, Books Reveal Apollo 11 UFO Sighting, NASA Chaplain's Quest to Land a Bible on the Moon. It's written by Carol Mersch. Uh, the day of the article is November 30th, 2022. It says, The unknown story of Apollo astronauts who tried, failed, and tried again to land a Bible on the moon. Dateline, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Carol Mersch, author of The Apostles of Apollo, has released an updated version of her book retitled A Bible on the Moon that includes Apollo 11 Buzz Aldrin's unusual query to mission control about an unusual spacecraft hovering nearby. Quote, do you have any idea where the S-4VB is in respect to us, Aldrin asked. A veiled request for their position of the final stage rocket jettisoned earlier, traveling alongside Apollo 11, was a mysterious object. So Aldrin sees this UFO, but he doesn't want to say to Mission Control, Hey, do you know where that UFO appears from? He says, Do you know where our rocket's at? It's kind of almost like a coded language that they're using over this publicly heard radio broadcast. He says, there was something out there that was close enough to be observed, Aldrin said. If the object wasn't a part of the Apollo rocket, it could be only one thing, a UFO. The implication escaped mission control. Now, I want you to remember that quote from Buzz Aldrin, because later on there's a lot of controversy about this. But he says, I'll say it again, there was something out there that was close enough to be observed, Aldrin said. If the object wasn't a part of the Apollo rocket, it could be only one thing, a UFO. Well, that's correct. This this from the guy, you know, uh, that was one of our lunar astronauts. I think you would think that he would be uh, smart enough that if he would know the difference between a rocket and a UFO. And like he said, if it wasn't the rocket, then it's got to be a UFO. Now, it says here the implication escaped mission control. You know, I really don't think so. I think NASA is acutely aware of the UFO phenomena. They just don't really want to recognize it. The article continues, says, The second little-known event was one that took place shortly after Apollo 11 Commander Neil Armstrong uttered, Houston, the Eagle had landed. Aldrin, an elder at the Seabrook Methodist Church, and clearly, Florida had made a quiet had made quiet arrangements with church pastor Dean Woodruff to partake in communion on the moon at roughly the same time as the church congregation on Earth. After the lunar landing, unbeknownst to the thousands of people watching and listening on Earth, Aldrin removed a small silver chalice, a vial of wine, and a partial wafer used earlier during a private communion service with Woodruff at the church. I poured the wine in the chalice, Aldrin said. 
In the one-sixth gravity of the moon, the wine curled slowly and gracefully up the side of the cup. It was interesting to think the very first liquid ever poured on the moon and the first food eaten there were communion elements. You know, I think that's interesting that a fellow that practiced Christianity, looks like he was a Christian, could also believe in UFOs. And I think that's important to remember that the UFO phenomenon affects all different kinds of people of all different kinds of beliefs and people of no beliefs. After another item stowed on board, another item stowed on board was the first book ever landed on the moon. A miniature copy of Robert Goddard's 1966 autobiography carried by Aldrin as a token for his widow. The book that came later, however, was destined to make biblical history. Apollo astronauts, their families and pastors, joined in a quest to see the Holy Bible carried to the surface of the moon. But undertaking a religious endeavor in the midst of a government space program was not an easy task. The first notable obstacle was a lawsuit launched by renowned atheist Madeleine Murray O'Hare against NASA to prevent religious acts in space. The second was an ordinary was that an ordinary Bible was too large and too heavy to be carried in the, in the astronaut's 4x6 personal kit, the only allowable means for NASA to maintain separation of church and state. The force behind the quest was NASA's scientist and, chap, and chaplain, Reverend John Stout, and his 40,000-member Apollo Prayer League, a non-profit organization made up of NASA employees at remote outposts and tracking stations around the world. It fell to Stout in his Apollo Prayer League to find a way. Stout's first solution came with the development in 1965 of a new microchip, mi excuse me, micro-reduction technology whereby all 1,245 pages of the King James Bible could be reduced to a single microfilm micro roughly the size of a collar slide. This was something the astronauts could carry. Madeline O'Hare, on the other hand, was a force to be reckoned with. And then it says the result was an extraordinary drama that unfolded behind the scenes as America rushed headlong toward the moon. Now, we can get a little more detail on this in the next article, which says the only Bible on the moon was left there by an Episcopalian on behalf of his parish. Now, this is dated July 19, July 19, 2019 by Egan Millard. It says in 1971, Christopher Episcopal Church in League City, Texas, gave a Bible to prisoner David Scott to take with him on a business trip to this day, the congregation still has not gotten it back. That's because he left it on the moon. As the world commemorates the 50th anniversary of Apollo 11 moon landing on July 20th, the parish southeast of Houston is remembering its own part in the history of space exploration. The Bible they presented to Scott appears to be the only one ever left on the moon, and perhaps the only Bible outside Earth today. Goes on and says Scott was the seventh person to walk on the moon, one of four people living to have done so, and the commander of the Apollo 15 mission. When Apollo 15 launched, Scott was carrying the Bible in his that was carrying the Bible his parish had given him, though it's unclear whether this was officially allowed. Apollo astronauts were permitted to bring personal items with them in small bags with weight restrictions. Earlier that year, Apollo 14 astronaut Edgar Mitchell took a hundred microfilm Bibles, the entire, the entire King James Version on a one and a half inch piece of film with him to the surface of the moon, but he brought all of them back to Earth. Apollo 15 was the first mission 
to bring a lunar rover to the moon, and Scott was the first person to drive it there. On August 2, 1971, just before returning to Earth, Scott placed the St. Christopher Bible on the lunar rover's control panel. He walked to a nearby hollow where he placed a memorial plaque and a statuette honoring the astronauts who had died during their missions, and then he returned to the lunar module. This was kept secret until the post-mission press conference. Scott, who recalled the moment in the book, Two Sides of the Moon, later presented to his parish a signed copy of a photo showing the Bible sitting exactly where he left it on the lunar rover. That's where it remains today in the moon's sea of showers between Hadley Real and Apennine Mountains. You know, you have to wonder why these people would, be, would become so upset about a astronaut leaving one of his personal uh, momentums, a personal token of his, there on the moon. But it shows you that NASA wanted to exert such secretiveness about this that they wouldn't even release that it happened until after the astronauts got back to Earth. Now, I want to touch for just a minute on uh, Buzz Aldrin's uh, description of his UFO encounter because there's been a lot of controversy around this. This article from thebusinessinsider.com, it, it's basically a, a, an attempt to debunk what was said earlier, but there is some good points in it. It says, Buzz Aldrin describes his UFO encounter during Apollo 11. This is dated July 8, 2014. Engineer, American astronaut, and the second person to walk on the moon during the Apollo 11 moon landing, Buzz Aldrin participated July 8th in a Reddit, in a Reddit AMA for the promotion of the 45th anniversary of the Apollo 11 moon landing happening on July 20th. He touched on a sensitive topic, his apparent admission that he and other astronauts had seen a UFO during the Apollo 11 mission. This is an old, this is an old favorite of Internet UFO conspiracy theorist. Now, I'm sorry, but this is not professional writing. Okay, this is name calling. People that ask questions don't deserve to be automatically labeled as conspiracy theorists. And this just shows to me a very low level of respect for the reader and a very low level of skill by the writer of this article. So, okay, we'll say it again. This is an old favorite of internet UFO conspiracy theorist and sadly, the Science Channel, who are convinced that Buzz Aldrin saw an alien ship of some kind during the Apollo 11 ride and that he's been covering it up and hiding that he that he is a UFO believer. Then it goes on, it says, In an interview on the Science Channel in 2005, Apollo astronaut Buzz Aldrin said that the crew of the famous Apollo 11 mission had seen a UFO on their way to the moon. However, later Aldrin would say, that his words were taken out of context, even though his story was supported on the program by senior Apollo 11 scientist Dr. David Baker. Aldrin has also made other strange statements that some believe allude to Aldrin knowing more about an extraterrestrial presence in, the sp in space than he would like to share. Well, yes, Aldrin has made some statements that people are, are a little bit intrigued or confused by. And you have to wonder if maybe somebody just didn't sit down with him and say, you know, and threaten the guy. I don't know. Or tell him that he couldn't talk about this because it was such a high level of national security. I mean, that's the story that we get from Tom DeLong. He tells us that he saw, Tom DeLong tells us that he saw UFO uh, material or whatever that was so uh, upsetting that he couldn't sleep for three days. 
but he can't tell you about it because he's sworn to national he's sworn to uh, national secrecy. So do they threaten these people? Uh, do they use mind control? I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me. But it seems strange that Buzz came out and said that he saw a UFO, and then all of a sudden now he says, well, it was taken out of context. It goes on, it says, The Science Channel show First on the Moon, the Untold Story, spurred a lot of talk about Buzz Aldrin's UFO-friendly leanings. On, a, on Apollo 11th, en route to the moon, I observed a light out the window that appeared to be moving alongside us. There were many explanations of what that could be other than another spacecraft from another country or another world. Well, there you go. Yes, of course we know that no other countries were, send, were sending spacecraft up. But you know, it's funny how he says, or another world. It was either the rocket we had separated from, or the four panels that moved away when we extracted the lander from the rocket, and we were nose-to-nose with the two spacecraft. So in, so in the close vicinity, moving away, were four panels, and I feel absolutely convinced that we were looking at the sun reflected off one of these panels. Which one? I don't know, so technically the definition would be unidentified. You know, it's kind of sad because the guy comes out to begin with and says, yeah, this definitely saw a UFO, and then all these years later, well, it was a panel that was on the spacecraft that was reflecting light off the sun. It's always some, some one of these... I don't know, to me, just just a stretch of an excuse. He goes on, he says, We well understood exactly what that was, and when we returned, we debriefed and explained exactly what we'd observed, and I felt that this had been distributed to the outside world, the outside audience, and apparently it wasn't. So many years later, I had the time in an interview to disclose the observations on the other countries television, uh, on another country's television network. Yeah, one where maybe the network... Uh, wouldn't just quit working while you were telling the story. And the UFO people in the United States were very angry with me that I had not given them the information. It was not an alien. And extraordinary observations require extraordinary evidence. That's what Carl Sagan said. Funny that he would quote an atheist. There may be aliens in our Milky Way galaxy, and there are billions of other galaxies. The probability is almost certain that there is life somewhere in space. It was not that remarkable, that spatial, that unusual, that life here on Earth evolved gradually, slowly, to where we are today. You know, but the distances involved in where some evidence of life may be, that may be hundreds of light years away. Well, you can see the change in Buzz Aldrin over the years. I mean, as a young man, he has a first communion uh, on, the, on the moon. And he's open-minded enough to say, yeah, wow, we saw a UFO. But, you know, 50 years later, uh, it's all about evolution. He's quitting Carl Sagan, and he's telling us that he didn't see a UFO at all. Everybody should know that. All he saw was a reflection off of a panel that had been attached to the spaceship. He says, to be fair, this has all been out there for a while. Aldrin even appeared on Larry King to discuss it. After the Science Channel clip came out, NASA's David Morrison checked in on Aldrin in response to an Ask an Astrologist question. I just talked to Buzz Aldrin on the phone, and he notes that the quotations were taken out of context and did not convey the intended meaning. And meaning, apparently all this discussion about the panels was cut from the broadcast interview, thus giving the impression they had seen a UFO. Now, what I want you to take from this is, is that there is a conspiracy. It's a, it's a conspiracy of silence. And the first time somebody even says, wow... I saw something strange out that spaceship window that I didn't recognize. 
thereby, by definition, it's a UFO. Or somebody says, you know, I'm a committed Christian. I want to carry this little tiny postage stamp size uh, on a book onto the moon. They circle the wagons and they shut them down. Doesn't matter what the, doesn't matter what the subject is. If NASA doesn't like it, if the powers that be don't like it, then it's it's shut down just like that. Until next time, this is UFO warning over now. Thank <music> you.